And Western Australia has a complete blanket ban on pythons. So we actually cannot um, sell carpet pythons to anyone in Western Australia. And that's because of the sunshine virus. Oh, technically speaking here, Mm -hmm. if you want to get funny about it, you need a movement advice to take the animal. Like I couldn't just turn up at a member's place and go, let's take some photos. Anything other than a vet trip technically requires a movement advice because you're not, it's not at the premises where they think it is. Hey friends, and welcome to the Modern Medusa podcast. Welcome back to the Modern Medusa podcast. This is your host, Dominique DeFalco of DeFalco Reptiles. This is a new type of podcast for you. This is our first time with two guests. I'm really excited to not only have um, our first, you know, two-person podcast, but it's also our first international podcast, I think. So while I'm drinking beer, our guests are drinking coffee this morning, and I told them they could have had a beer, but, you know, I guess 9.30 might be a little bit too early in the morning, but, you know, up to them. But I'm super excited to get the opportunity to talk with two incredible women from Australia who, if you don't know their names already, you'll definitely know them after this. So, Please welcome Ty Iper with Nature for You and Emma Dixon with ZMAC Reptiles. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hey. How are you? Everyone's been so nice about us before. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming back. <laughs> well, we'll see how it progresses from here. So. Yeah, it's only to start. Like, <laughs> she's got beer. We'll be fine. She won't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had to stop with the liquor during the episodes because I started to get like a little too excited towards the end. Of them. <laughs> so we'd be like, calm back. <laughs> yeah but uh this is so exciting for me um this has been a uh, like you know a whole storm of trying to get this arranged I think we've been planning on this for about a month and a half now so super super excited um so Emma we'll start with you if you can just give us like who is Emma Dixon introduce yourself and then we'll move on from there (laughs) (laughs) um so my name is Emma Dixon and I am part of ZMAC Reptiles and I run that with my husband Zach Dixon uh we mainly focus on jungles and jungle morphs Mm -hmm. um the Stripe Jungle Project which we've been working on for about four or five years now mm-hmm. um, but we also do other morphs as well so albino zaxanthic granite pretty steaks pretty much <laughs> awesome so ty how about yourself um most people know me as scott iper's wife um, <laughs> um i know scott as your husband if that helps at all so. <laughs> i love you um yeah, we keep and breed a lapids. Um, we do have a few other reptiles, but our lapids are our main focus. Awesome. So I think this is going to be a really cool, you know, conversation that we can have, um, especially because we all keep very different things, which is always super exciting for me. I want to get started and talk to you both about, I always ask people to start with 
their introduction to the hobby and and how you got started with reptiles. And when I speak with keepers from the U.S., it's usually like, oh, I saw a ball python at the store or, you know, I saw a carpet python on Animal Planet. That's very different when the animals that we keep and pay so much money for are showing up in people's grocery stores, like that diamond python video that went viral a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was looking at that and I was like, oh, the money I would pay for an animal <laughs> like that to be a nuisance in my home. Um, so with both of you and bounce around however you want, what was your introduction to reptiles and then introduction to keeping them in captivity rather than just appreciating them in the wild? Um, My dad worked um, next door to a horse studding farm when I was really little and he would bring home, and this was a very long time ago, (laughs) um, so laws were a bit different, Um, and he would bring home blue tongues that was, he was worried we're going to get injured by the horses. So my first reptiles were blue tongues and it sort of grew from there. That's, I, that is literally so wild to me. I have to wrap my head around that because <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I think it's so cool. And, and we were speaking earlier, but Emma, you said that you were afraid of reptiles. So when was, you were younger, what was that like for you? I solely brain blame my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, uh, our dog got a blue tongue one day. And of course, you know, um, I've always been an animal lover. Mm -hmm. Um, he picked the blue tongue up and we put it in an esky to take it to the vet. And he's like, Emma, you just, you're being really unreasonable (laughs) at this blue tongue. Um, so I tried to pat it and it rounded on me to try and bite me. So (laughs) (laughs) and I did have a fear of them to the point of it carried on till I met my husband oh wow yeah if I went to the pub and I was having a snake a steak and you know having a a snake um and you know Australia's weird (laughs) (laughs) you know beardies started running towards me I would chuck the cutlery I would get up on the table this fear was completely irrational it wasn't though because if you've ever been bitten by a blue tongue it fucking hurts yes well yes it does (laughs) (laughs) um and then when I met my husband, um, we'd been together for maybe a couple of years and he said, oh, babe, I really want a snake. And I was like, uh, not sure if that's my hard no or not. Um, but started reading up on them and researching them because I love reading. Mm-hmm. Then went um, to Christmas at my auntie's place and she actually had a stimmy, well, then a stimmy, now reclassified <laughs> to a children's. Um, and I had a couple of drinks, some Dutch courage and held her. And now we've got over a hundred snakes. And yeah. that's, <laughs> that's a very um, <laughs> loose estimate. Yes. That's funny. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't get over the visual of being at a bar and a bearded dragon, like running towards me. Like to me, that would be like, where the fuck do you come from? But I guess for you, (laughs) that's more of a normal occurrence. So um, Ty, I guess with you having more of that passion when you were younger, did you have friends who had pet reptiles or were most people just interacting with the wildlife around them? Um, No, I didn't have any friends 
I lived up in the mountains in New South Wales back then and it was really good. There were really neighbours. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't really have friends with reptiles or anything like that. It was just mm-hmm. dad bought them home so they wouldn't be trampled and, yeah. When when was it that you started keeping yourself uh, time? I mean, did you, what was your first species? I assume you didn't start off with the lapids. I mean, if you did, like props to you. But <laughs> <laughs> seems like a big jump from a blue tongue. Oh, I'm that child. <laughs> um, had blue tongues several years when I was little. Um, would bring home like beardies and that that I'd find walking home from school, much to my mother's disgust. Um, partner is a Kiwi the boy's father was a Kiwi so he was terrified so that didn't happen and when I left him I was like right I can do whatever I want so I got snakes um first was a back then a Darwin carpet python and then blue tongues turtles whatever I could fit in the house basically kids loved it dad's Mm -hmm. a Kiwi that's where my irrational fear came from (laughs) (laughs) I had to remember what a kiwi was. I was like, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) A New Zealander. (laughs) A Mm -hmm. person of New Zealand origin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, he's a fuzzy bird. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So when you you got into reptiles, your self-keeping, like when you had kids already, um, what kind of keeping style were you doing and where were you learning your information about that? Um, library, <laughs> I'm that old, okay. <laughs> um, I'm just like to say I don't interrupt your podcast, but okay. <laughs> uh, this is a no boy zone. <laughs> Jeez, I've never even talked to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <gonna> bully him. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh. oh. Okay. All right. Okay, bye. No, leave her in here. She's scratching. Sorry. (laughs) Don't apologize. It's fine. (laughs) So when you were reading in books and such, I know that right now you're bigger into Facebook groups and such. When was that transition from learning from books and moving towards like the online with the forums? And how did your keeping evolve? Oh, okay. I don't, I, um, Look behind us. I prefer to read the. Oh no- yeah, I definitely know that. <laughs> go, go off what somebody in forums and Facebook pages. Oh, there's just a lot of misinformation. I don't. There are like twenty answers, and it's not that all of it's wrong. I mean, there's plenty of different ways to do things, but I think with new keepers, it's probably best to stick to literature. Yeah. Yeah, so my my older sister, she doesn't keep reptiles, but she recently got into plants like in quarantine, like we all did, because what else were we going to do? Um, and she posted in a Facebook group asking a question about a jade plant she had, and she had me read the answers people gave her. And like the first comment said, I mean, this with no disrespect, but you're doing absolutely everything wrong. And I was like, maybe that's the case. That is the case where a Facebook group is helpful. But yes. Um, so then Emma, with yours, you started later, um, later in life, you weren't a kid growing up with them. How did you and your husband decide where to start with your animals and like how you were going to keep and, and how that all worked? So I'm much like Ty, I'm a complete book nerd. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I started sort of researching different species online and then I um, started purchasing different books, um, you know, trying to work out different setups, what would be the adult size of the animals we were looking at getting, you know, are they an appropriate species to keep, you know, where we are in Australia. Um, it, 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 It changed quite a lot, my first snake, but... It went, I wanted a banded um, pygmy python because I was like, yeah, I'm still like a bit afraid. And, you know, if I get the smallest snake in, you know, Australia, it'll be fine if it bites me mm-hmm. with an albino Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> a little <laughs> different. <laughs> can, sorry, can I also add that both Emma and I are pretty lucky in the fact that we've got older keepers around us. Yeah. If mm-hmm. we uh, need a question answered or want some advice or just want to chat we do have that level of I don't know intelligent keeping where we get the advice or or the chat that we need or want yeah most keepers in Australia um are pretty up for a good reptile chat (laughs) so if you send them a message and ask them a question they're pretty everyone's pretty happy to help I don't think I've really sort of I don't know you met my husband (laughs) <laughs> the man who just told me to fuck off in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, he's very helpful. <laughs> so actually, that was something I was going to ask you was about the general um, environment around keeping reptiles in Australia. With there being, this is in no way saying that there's not a ton of animals you can keep, but with there being a smaller selection, um, because you have to keep native species, do you find that people have a tendency to pick one species and really go with it? Or is there a lot of intermingling within keeping? Well, in pythons, um, uh, say the Morielis belota subspecies, they're pretty much all interbred. So, you know, Mm -hmm. to get you know, because the albino gene comes from, you know, Darwin's. If you want a high percentage jungle blood albino, it involves crossing it with a Darwin. So I guess in the on the morph side of things, there is a lot of intersubspecies crossing. Mm-hmm. But that too, you also do get the person that's like, oh, I got this. What can I cross this with? I want the biggest clutch because I want to make money. I want to make my millions and retire. And you're sort of <laughs> like, that ain't going to happen, sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see that, you see that a lot um, in the U.S. with, like, ball pythons um, where people mm-hmm. get in they're like, we've got these 8 million recessives that are going into this one animal and I'm going to make so much money off of it. Is there a species that you see that a lot with in Australia? Probably carpets, really. Yeah, I mean, carpets. Um, there's a look. We don't have anywhere near as many <laughs> genetics as ball pythons. Um, I can't I keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Hubby watches a few um, YouTube channels. I think um, Mutation Creation. Yep, is is a Canadian. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's got this, 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 this. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Triples like triple recessives, um, they're like, I don't know, 10 million het recessives, you know, over there with ball pythons. It's just crazy. I was having a conversation with someone who's ball pythons, and this is in no way to bash ball pythons. I, I have a small collection of ball pythons, but nothing too complicated. 
And when I was at the Daytona Beach Reptile Show earlier this year, someone was having a conversation where they're like, well, I don't work with anything unless it has four hets or more in it. And I was like, oh my God, that is, (laughs) (laughs) that is so much to work with. (laughs) So then when, when you talk about having a lot of other keepers that you can turn to and ask questions with, how did you find getting into the hobby? It was, um, for you to make those connections with both of you now working with your, your husbands or your partners, um, did it help to have them with you or were you able to kind of go in by yourself and get that respect and, and assistance that you needed? I'm a lot more social than hubby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it was generally me messaging and asking the questions and that's not because he doesn't want to talk to people or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, people talk to both of us, you know, I, I will say that I haven't really come across, um, anyone sort of disrespecting me or discounting me because I'm a female or anything like that. You know, the, the men that I have spoken to and gone to for advice, um, have always treated me as an equal. Mm-hmm. I'd love to say the same. I do. <laughs> um, there are a hell of a lot of men out there that, you know, don't even register that you've got a rack. You know what I mean? You're just mm-hmm. a keeper. Um, but unfortunately there are also a hell of a, I don't know whether it's a, oh my God, it's got a hyper thing or, uh, yeah, I, I think some people, even, even women have done it and I'm not going to lie, that does piss me off further because they would cop it themselves. So don't pass it on. Um, we sold animals and she's cottoned on that, you know, it was Scott. And I said, do you have any more questions? And she's like, yes, I do. And she had asked me for weeks on how to keep it. And to the point where I felt like saying, scroll up, I've said this three times, but okay. Mm-hmm. And it, she realized it was Scott. And I've said, do you have any more questions? She turned her back on me and went, rah, 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 rah. And I was just, and she actually said, you're Scott Iper. And I was like, <clears throat> And your tie hyper, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, admittedly, I, there were no books back then. Um, but eh, some people do it. I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if, uh, oh, he wrote a book. I've met someone that, you know, I don't want to say famous because I don't think we are. Um, I don't know. I don't know the word I'm using, I'm looking for. But, yeah, some people do it. Some people don't. I think some people don't realise they're doing it, mm-hmm. but some people do it intentionally, yes. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you were like selling her an animal. Was it an in-person interaction that you were having? And then she saw Scott or was it that yeah. she recognized the name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's frustrating. I think that's, I think that's one thing that people think is that um, when we talk about issues, women facing the hobby that they think it's entirely focused on men. It's not. Um, it's a lot of mm-hmm. like relearning as women, like our inherent biases towards other women sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that's tough. So before you were with Scott, um, mm-hmm. how, how was your introduction into the hobby going and meeting these keepers and how did you eventually meet Scott and really start to build from there? 
<laughs> uh, my background's pet shop. So I had a very good mate who I'd known a while and that was how I got my Darwin. Um, mm-hmm. You know what it's like. You get one and then you're like, oh, my God. You're like Pringles. <laughs> Wait, do you guys have Pringles over there? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, we do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so don't hear my, like, middle school claim to fame. Yeah is that my dad was a manager for Pringles, like at the corporate level. And so we were a Pringles taste test family. So we'd come in and we'd have like the weirdest flavors. And I had, oh my God, I was so fucking weird. We had, I still am, but we had these, uh, (laughs) these like Tupperware type containers that were shaped like Pringles and perfectly fit one serving of Pringles. And I would, um, which is the whole container, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I would give them to guys that I had crushes on in my class. (laughs) And I was like, wow, you are really desperate in fifth grade. I joined cadets because I was thought there was a guy in there that was really hot. And then I got up close and I was like, fuck, do I get out of cadets? I just, my (laughs) mind's dirty and it went somewhere. And I'm like, Emma, you're on a podcast. You could just present the like the Pringles and be like, "Wanna pop my Pringles?" Um, I was a fifth grader at Catholic school, so oh, we didn't yeah. really. <laughs> Catholic school is obviously different than what is here. Yeah, Catholic schools here are the dirtiest bitches out. Uh, no comment. Um... <laughs> Swig that beer. <laughs> <laughs> so going back a little bit. So Ty, you were talking about you had a background in um in pet shops. Was mm-hmm. um was that what you decided to do when you were no longer with um your kid's dad? Or like, or were you working in pet shops beforehand? Because I know that's when you got your reptiles yourself. Um, no, I didn't have he again, he was a Kiwi and scared of reptiles. Mm-hmm. Um New Zealander and scared of reptiles so our first reptile was after I left him um we had dessert for dinner for a week because no one could tell me no good times um, yeah Is that, are we not allowed to have dessert for dinner and um, apparently not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or breakfast <laughs> I wonder how I got yeah. so fat um, um yeah um so I just sort of I'd worked with Sam. Sam got me a job where he was. It got to the point where it was sort of like I have no skills, so to speak, (laughs) not that I can put on paper, Um, and it was like do I? you work for Coles, you know what I mean, and it gives you like a grocery shop, which gives you discount on your groceries. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of animals, so it was like, right, pet shop. I know a hell of a lot about reptiles. I'm good with dog and cat. I can learn the rest of the floor. And that's sort of where I went to pet shop, which was terrible when you both keep because, oh, this is cute. Oh, this followed me home. <laughs> I had to have this. Oh, boss didn't want to pay me, so she gave me this. Um, <laughs> but it's easier to, like, ask forgiveness than Oh, hell right? yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. How do you think I got Dakota? <laughs> and at that point, were your kids on board with the reptiles or were they kind of like, yo, mom's look crazy, but, like, she feeds no. us dinner? No, God, um, they had their, I bought them um, spotted pythons when I moved out, when I left their dad, yeah. They had their snakes. I'll never forget Bailey going, 
there's a big snake in my pants to the mailman and the mailman thought he was filthy and I was a terrible mother that needed to control my child's mouth. And I'm like, no, seriously, dude, there's a snake. And then the python popped its head out and the dude shit himself and walked away real quick. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's too funny. That's, uh, oh God. Yeah, I can imagine there are a couple of those conversations where you're like, oh, kids. (laughs) (laughs) So then, Emma, with you, um, your husband's like, yeah, I want a snake. And that's a terrifying, you know, statement. I've heard that from a couple women that I've interviewed where it was something that their husband got them into and then they've taken it over themselves. Um, Obviously, you're still in like a very like a partnership with your husband when it comes to working with the animals. But when you got your first carpet python, did you think, were you fully looking at having a pet or was breeding on your mind at all? Because starting with an albino, you know, that's a significant animal to have with good breeding potential. Was that your thought? So not at first, it was kind of a trial by fire because my first snake actually was (laughs) non-feeding. So um, Deep end. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of into the deep end straight away. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I got an albino, um, my son got a jungle sibling and hubby got a jungle jag and it just kept progressing from there. <laughs> um, so pretty quickly we sort of decided that we would like to breed um, and then we just sort of spent a lot of time researching different genetics, um, different types of animals, different types of morphs. Mm-hmm. Um, went slow, bought them as hatchies, um, reared them ourselves, made sure that we had everything before we even considered our first breeding season. So everything medically that we may need, incubators, hatchy racks, bowls, all that sort of jazz. So yeah. Sorry, you got to see her bowl collection. Jesus. pile. <laughs> um, what was I, it? I, I committed. <laughs> She's we, got like a million bowls. <laughs> I've been overprepared. Um, nothing frustrates me more than seeing accidental breeding posts because, I mean, I learned pretty young that boy plus girl equals, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not having, you know, hatchy racks or incubators or, you know, it, having done any research, um, I guess just mm. irresponsible keeping um, and breeding. It frustrates me. So I'm a bit, well, we, Zach too, he's probably more anal about it than I am. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I hear you more than Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we... I guess started off as wanting pets, but progressed to wanting to breed pretty quickly when we saw, I guess, how many pretty animals there mm. there was. Yeah. <laughs> yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we want to breed stuff that we want. Um, we don't nec- we don't breed for other people. We just sell excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good mindset because, you know, going back to the conversation about accidental breeding or purchasing solely for the purpose of breeding, oh my God, my cat is like zooming, um, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, purchasing solely for the purpose of breeding, like right when you get started, it's, there's so much upfront cost and upkeep that goes into these animals. Mm-hmm. I, I think having the mindset of being prepared and willing to keep every single animal you produce is so important to have. Yeah. 
Because you you never know what could happen where, you know, you have to keep them or no one wants to buy them or. That's Mm -hmm. it. And sometimes you can't get that point across to the person that's going, I put this with this. Happens a lot. People like pair animals that have absolutely no genetics. And that's not to say that, you know, standard carpet pythons at a cross point produce pretty babies. But the thing is that maybe a $50 snake and people do it thinking that they're going to make a million dollars, but they don't think, well, pinkies are a dollar each. You've got to feed and maintain that animal. You've got to pay for the electricity, the substrate, you know. Cleaning products. The cleaning products, the F10, you know, they don't think of that prior. Um, And then, you know, they've got all these animals that they they can't move on because they just haven't put any thought into breeding and they've just bred for the sake of breeding. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when it's good to have a friend like Ty who will just, you know, take those unwanted normals and take <laughs> them off in her own collection. A few years ago, yeah, we would have. But we sort of, when we thought we were coming to America, we we sort of moved on quite a few animals mm-hmm. and it was good. Like <laughs> feeding the lizards only takes me 40 minutes now instead of two hours and that's just the outside lizards. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I am <laughs> an old bitch now and I enjoy my time. <laughs> Unless it's the lacy because those things fucking charge. That's like two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, I like having friends who have those kinds of animals because I'm like, send me photos and then you take care of it. <laughs> or it's like, I'll go over and hold it for you, but I don't want to actually care for it myself. <laughs> 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 that's how I feel with my friends who have venomous it's like yeah I'll, I'll watch you clean and I'll you know watch you <laughs> and I'll look and I'll be like okay bye at the end of the day bye. I did the exact same thing to Ty <laughs> as you should show me that one get that one. Oh, that one's cute show me that one, oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite thing is is that I don't remember anything they've said after I've left I can go back the next day and you have to tell me the name of every single animal I saw the day before. <laughs> I went up to, um, uh, there's a gentleman in, uh, oh gosh, Connecticut. His name is Anthony Pierleone and he has a massive collection of turtles. Um, and I got to visit him a couple weeks ago with Andy Middleton and we went up there and Anthony was saying all of this incredible stuff about these gorgeous <laughs> turtles. And I'm just opening it. I'm like, oh, it's so small. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> I would be lost if I was there again. <laughs> um, At least you own that though. <laughs> oh, yeah, 1000%. I'm not, I'm not going to fake it. People know who I am in the sense of me not knowing anything. So. <laughs> Um, I do that with your parentheses and so does Zach, <laughs> Zach more so. <laughs> I, I will say the one good thing is that I have, uh, you know, good friends like Ty, you know, Phil Wolf and Justin Smith yeah. and all those yeah. guys, um, they use scientific names um, and I had to learn them because now, because <laughs> before I'd be like, what is, and I'm like, got it. <laughs> Honestly, though, it's the easiest way to learn if you want to keep up in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like when I'm I tried to learn French. Yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to learn another language, but it, you know, it's, it's better than nothing else. Um, so, <laughs> So you've talked a little bit about like your primary projects that you're working with, but Ty, you also said you have, you know, the outdoor lizards and such. 
I was on your websites, both of your websites beforehand, just being a total crazy. Because if I'm going to sound like an idiot, I'm going to sound like an informed idiot. All right. (laughs) Idiot to sound like. (laughs) So, um, so when you were like, yeah, we lapids. And I was like, yeah, that's right. But then there's also the meet our animals page that has like 40 different things and all of that on your website. So what else are you keeping besides your primary projects? Does my husband count? <laughs> um, <laughs> do you do you feed him and care for him? Yes, it counts. Yes. They're yes. quite difficult to maintain. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why I'm uh I keep saying that I'm I'm fostering right now when it comes to <laughs> you listen to Scott in a podcast and he's so supportive <laughs> I'm not <laughs> um right now to be honest um I'm hoping that my um kangaroo island tiger snake is gravid because he is oh he is I'm stunning. So <laughs> he most tiger snakes don't retain that bright orange coloring from that region, and he has. He's like a ready, and he's huge. He's ready orange, and he's yeah. So I'm really hoping that she's gravid. Um, we've got inland taipans, coastal taipans, rentis. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we didn't put them together. <laughs> um, what else do we put together? Um, Christ. Most of the um, adders, um, the red bellies, uh, collets. Um, did the blue belly yeah, we did the, yeah, this we did, season? We did them yep. again. Um, oh, Didn't you think the brown tree? Oh, yeah, we put them together, but we don't have much luck there. I think we just don't. We've been so busy writing that it's like, oh, my God, got to go do this sort of thing and we don't breed either for money. We breed more for mates. Um, mm. Like turn around and went, I wanted olives. Please don't say that right now. I want um, olives. <laughs> um, we would breed because, and we just give them to Emma and it would come back down the line sort of thing. Um, we, we don't breed for money because there isn't really any in breeding. Um, mm-hmm. You do it directly and you're cut and even really, especially if something goes wrong with an animal. Yeah. So breed and sort of swap for the most part yeah and we've been so busy riding um that everything else has sort of gone to the wayside really and what are you riding right now can you tell okay us? i can give you i can give you one i can't give you the other because i under contact um so the snakes of australia is up for another repent mm-hmm. so we're fixing all the taxonomic changes and changing around some photos and redoing the book Awesome. So when it comes, okay. So for people who don't know how many, and people you don't know, including me, um, how many (laughs) books have you and Scott published together? Okay. So me, it's a little old too. (laughs) Can I, can I throw in some scientific papers? So I sound a bit better. (laughs) Um, A thousand percent. Yeah. Cause if it's longer than four pages, that's a book, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Good. Um, so for me, it was snakes of Australia with Scott and then lizards of Australia. And there's another one, which I can't talk about. Um, and well, Mr. Don't tell anyone's told some people, but I'm not cause I have to live with, <laughs> um, and then there were, we were redoing the snakes of Australia. Um, Scott's on his fuck woman, put me on the spot. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
So he's already at six. So the one we're doing now is seven and redoing snakes will be eight for Scott. That's awesome. So when you um, are rewriting this book, Snakes of Australia, or not rewriting, when you're like making corrections and such, how often are they coming up for a reprint where you need to do that? We have been incredibly lucky with Snakes of Australia. Um, we both really enjoy working with John Bafoy. Um, I think at $25 here, obviously, um, it's a good little book. It's a good size to have in your bag out herping or for $25, if you don't like snakes but you own property, it's not too much money to find out what's on your property, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, so there's not too much to be rewritten. Um it's just taking photos and whatnot. Um, but having said that, I shouldn't bitch about COVID, should I? Because in Queensland, we sort of got it quite lucky. But um, there's... Touch wood. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> if I've just jinxed everyone in Queensland, I'm sorry. Um, getting to be the photos is a bit of a challenge right now. Anything mm. up in Queensland, yeah, we're mm. sort of, yeah, struggling really. Mm. And do you take the photos yourself or are you paying other people to do that? Um, we try and take. <laughs> or are you we- not paying other people to do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we try and take the photos ourselves. Um, Scott and I take photos differently. Scott will take photos for a field guide. Mm-hmm. I have an idea in my head that I don't know what it is at the time, but I know it when I see it on the camera and it infuriates the fuck out of him. Um, so we take photos together, but it's more us taking photos, Scott telling me I'm doing it wrong. Um, and it gives me great delight when someone goes, oh, I love her photo. Can I use hers instead of yours? And so, <laughs> um, bitchy, I know. Um, but, yeah, no, we try and take photos where we can because other people also come to us for photos for their books. So it's handy having more than less. Right. Um, also, I just want to interject really fast. Um, Ty does not have a small child trapped in her other room. That's a bird, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am actually stressed. Like the, I get a lot of dirty messages and tech from Emma. Um, tech, me? Oh, you know the one with the hormone at the end? I am stressing that the bird's going to pick that up because the bird does so many other noises so well and Scott will be on a podcast and then there'll just be that hormone in the background, which is the bird, not me. Or <laughs> Oh, my God, that's too funny. <laughs> um well emma well, we were talking a lot of shit about you while you were gone of course right um totally okay yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to get through i understand <laughs> um but ty you mentioned i i thought this was great that you you breed for your friends essentially you breed you know mm-hmm. things and, and you pass them along to friends i guess something i never asked was how did you two meet oh do you mean meet our husbands no meet each other um, wow. I'm not sure if I can tell that story. <laughs> like, how do I admit there was a lot of dirty phone sex? Um, <laughs> I think it was through Facebook. Yeah, it was. We just started chatting randomly. Yeah. Um, when the Herpes group started. Yeah. Actually, probably maybe a little bit before that. Yeah, it was. But the actual herpes group was what brought us yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just found out that she was as dirty-minded as me and we just really... Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me, I reputation. <laughs> and that's a, you know, that's... A, excuse me, that's a good point for me to say that um, 
uh, people who listen to the podcast know that I have my female herpers group, but I'm a strong proponent of your herpers group as well. Um, it seems to be primarily Australian keepers, but it's, it's for female herpers. Um, I'll make sure I have the link in the podcast description. So oh, thank you. Join. Yeah. I, 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 um, I recommend and it. Put yours everyone. up in ours. Yeah, please do. I recommend it to everyone because, um, it's funny <laughs> when you started your group, it was right after I'd started mine and someone asked like, Oh, like, are you mad? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm like, why would I The be more mad? support we can get the better? I think that's exactly yeah. what it is. And so I think it's so important. And I think it's, I love the way you set yours up. And, um, I think your group okay. has a tendency to be a lot more scientific focused and you have a lot of really great minds there to, to provide a lot of scientific evidence where my group is more of a traditional Facebook group, like sharing pictures and asking questions. Um, but I, I love your group. If you're a female herper, you should definitely join it regardless of where you are in the, in the world. So that's my and little for plug. Us too, thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> in Australia, we love looking at like now it's zoos is pretty much our only option because we can't travel. Mm-hmm. And here in Queensland, it looks like people will be able to go to the States before they can come up and visit us. <laughs> um, so it for us to, Scott and I are incredibly lucky. We do have a lot of people we know in zoo systems. So we are super lucky, but not everyone is that lucky. Um, so pictures from keepers is pretty much what we are, I guess, restricted to mm. at the moment. There's no other. I think for me, I'm... Against zoos in general, unless the money goes back into things like conservation and mm-hmm. education, and um, you know, I don't like zoos that are just there to make money. I like knowing that my money is contributing um, to Worth maintaining it. and you know, protecting our Australian wildlife. Mm-hmm. So then, with okay, I guess this is totally off topic, but I'm curious on that. Um, on that vein is I think when you think of Australia and if you're an animal person, you think of crocodile hunter, you think of the Australia zoo. Did you notice mm-hmm. a lot of sensationalism around other zoos in Australia after that really took, uh, took hold across the media? Um, it was that far back, really. Like mm. they became a name that far back. Yeah. Um, honestly, if you ask me what I had for dinner last week, I'll be like, ah, a shake because I'm on a. T- <laughs> um, yeah, it. <laughs> they, the Irwins have done a hell of a lot for conservation. They really have, and I guess people worldwide learning about our species. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's quite tough here, like with COVID and that. A lot of zoos struggled. Like mm-hmm. they don't have the money for the advertising and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with COVID, they've put all that they can back into their zoos and not worried about attracting people or saying what they do or whatnot because there wasn't the money there. So mm-hmm. I really struggled to remember pre-COVID. It, like everything's mm-hmm. been the same for so long. I honestly couldn't answer that. Sorry. I grew no, up. don't apologise. Yes. You know, he so. was one of my favourite things to watch <laughs> when I was younger, you know, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can't say that I was up. I was grown up. Um, <laughs> even though I was petrified of reptiles, I always, you know, loved documentaries. And, you know, um, for me, I guess he was 
iconic iconic yeah Mm -hmm. yeah without a doubt and I think it's interesting because um I do wonder if people in Australia had that same connection to him that it seems like so many U.S. keepers have like they hold Steve Irwin close I was um at a reptile shop today picking up feeders and there are like pictures of him and you know little statuettes and such it's just funny wow that's pretty yeah. I have, um, I mean, I say people, me, um, I have, <laughs> I have my, uh, like my prized possession growing up when I was a kid and don't tell me if this is fake. So shut up already. In, in <laughs> when I was six, we had Australia day at school and it was very bizarre. We like ate that really salty paste thing you guys love. Um, and Vegemite. 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 <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it's delicious. It's a yeah. fallacy. We don't all love it. I can assure you. They made us <laughs> eat that. Thai. <laughs> I'm a palm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made us eat that. Listen to someone. You should have had Lamingtons. I'm sorry. Lamingtons far outweigh Vegemite. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll pick that up next time. I'm in Australia. Um, <laughs> We, they made us listen to someone play the didgeridoo, which how they found someone in Ohio who knew how to play <laughs> the didgeridoo, I don't know. And then they had us draw pictures of Australian animals and I mailed mine to the Australia Zoo um, and like wrote a letter about like loving Steve Irwin and, you know, sent it in. And two years later, I got a package back. And it includes, wow. yeah, it included, it took forever because, you know, it's like it was mail in 2003 or whatever. Um, but it has a whole map of the Australian zoo and it had an autographed photo of Steve Irwin, Bindi and uh, Terry. And I still have it in my apartment. That's so awesome. awesome. Yeah, I that is it's so real. cool. I hope it's real. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take it anywhere where they're going to be like, that's fake. And I'm like, you can't. Oh, it's totally real. It's totally it's real. real. Thank don't you. Because my- that would break oh, my heart. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> It was, just, it was like that hope as a child. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so when it comes to, I, I think it's it's an interesting topic that you brought up, Emma, with, um, or Emma and Ty, you both brought it up, with zoos and such being your one way to really see species from around the world. Was there ever a time where you could keep non-native species as pets or uh, has it always been just natives? That you were allowed I'm an old bitch, but it was before my time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was that? The uh, 70s, the pet trade turned around and stopped imports of it. I, I can't remember exactly what year, but yeah, they did stop imports of international mm-hmm. animals. And yeah, but it was 70s, maybe 60s. I, yeah, that's a Scott question. That's why I have him out. <laughs> so, it's okay. quite a lot of corn snakes <laughs> in New South Wales. <laughs> We actually put them in as. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes like in the snake ID groups, you'll um, have someone put a photo up. Can someone ID this? And mm-hmm. it's a corn snake. Um, I've actually seen a couple of king snakes too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're actually, as far as I know, they're an established. Oh, yeah. They're, they're established, established down there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So are there any left in the pet trade that were kind of, you know, left over from? when the border shut down it was an amn this is loosely because i can't keep it so i'm like huh. um <laughs> from my understanding of it there was an amnesty i know there was one in victoria i'm not quite sure about the other states um mm-hmm. perfect 
if you corrected Scott when you listen to this. Um, <laughs> they were allowed to keep one. They weren't allowed to breed it. Sorry, my cat needs attention. She's. I was she's, just about to say she's got a pussy out. <laughs> yeah. She's um, um. She's been very needy since we had the flood the other day, because okay, because she like <laughs> I lied, I guess. Um, she, <laughs> she was locked in the bedroom for like three days while we were dealing with that flood, and she's just uh, on me since. But everything's fine. Uh, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I had no idea what I was saying. You were saying about the amnesty. They weren't allowed to breed. Thank you, yeah. Emma. Thank you. Thank you, Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start introducing me everywhere now. This is the old bitch I know. <laughs> I talk for her. Hey, some days my memory's shit house and you upfront me. It's, it's teamwork. <laughs> this is time what? for your meds. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. I did take meds. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and laws are set for people that are going to want to break them. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what the phrase is. Um, so there are people that breed and keep exotics, um, each to their own, but I honestly feel breeding an exotic here is pretty damn irresponsible because if you're caught, everything gets euthanized. There was someone that actually put a post up asking what a particular snake was, and this was down the coast. Mm-hmm. um remember it and it was a it was actually a boa and someone's oh, no, like oh it's different. a carpet python and so they're like oh okay and then everyone was like oh my god no it's a boa but by this time the snake had just cruised off oh yeah yeah, yeah that was down at the spit. oh i thought you meant the one in the enclosure where he was like what's this and it was obviously his hurt room and everyone's like you fucking idiot oh like, there's a no. few of those yeah. that, that do pop up from yeah. time to time and but you of <laughs> Now you sort of scroll past because by the time you see it, there's like 4,000 comments of people like, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Days where people can actually mind their own business to the point sometimes just sort of just don't want to get involved. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. worth it. Well, it's the sensationalism of putting it on social media as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's attention sometimes. So yeah. with, uh, okay, obviously, I think it's hilarious that you refer to exotics as corn snakes. Um, but, <laughs> 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 um, uh, but with exotic keeping, um, the U.S. is obviously like it's very state by state with what you can keep. So, for example, yeah. like my friends in Ohio have a lemur that can't go to Kentucky or Indiana, even though that's next door. Are there any laws that are with that with native species crossing yep. between the states? Yeah, yeah. So Victoria, Victoria is allowed to keep freshwater crocodiles um, and mammals. Um, where up here in Queensland, we are not allowed. So, so we are on, on a demo permit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the laws were revised up here in Queensland last year, um, mm-hmm. and there was a group of um, herpers that were representing the hobby as a whole. I forget their name. Oh, wow. What was it? I don't know. Oh, no. Deb, Scott, if you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Scott, I'm not. (laughs) Um, But they did represent us as a whole and we did try to get approval to keep um, mammals uh, but weren't successful. (laughs) 
So when you speak of like having mammals, what is, what is that? Like what kind of mammals are you referring to? Awesomes, gliders, gliders. Oh my God, I'd kill for one. I know. (laughs) Quals, I love. Um, Any of those small marsupials. Yeah. Wombat. Oh, Oh, wombat. Because they do the zoomies. (laughs) They're so adorable. (laughs) I I mean, like, I really do zoomies, but like I can... Respect that they do zoomies and it's cute as fuck, right? So, when my husband promised to get me a wombat and he hasn't. Are you tired of changing a reptile's UVB light every six months? Well, VivTech Products has the perfect bulb for you. The VivTech SureSun Series UVB and UVA bulb has a typical four year lifespan with no UVB degradation. That means that your pet will always have the UVB and UVA they need all while you save up to $400 over the life of the bulb. VivTech, providing a better life for reptiles in our homes in the wild through innovative husbandry. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So with the, um, you mentioned that you have a demonstration permit. Ty, I know that you do educational programs and around the community. Do you do that as well, Emma? Um, I try and do educational posts. Um, we don't have a demonstration permit. Mm-hmm. I would love to do more. Honestly, at the moment, it's more right, just like a for me. time <laughs> factor. <laughs> um, Hubby and I both work full time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most of the most of our weekends are cleaning, feeding animals. Um, you know, you get all to the an fun age stuff. It's just not what it used to yeah. be. Yeah, the cleaning. Yeah. yeah, and I guess like we we people message the page and ask for advice and stuff like that. So we. I guess we contribute that way. Don't show it changes. You're a huge name in the hobby. No, I'm not. You are. <laughs> I knew your name. I don't know oh. anyone. So that's <laughs> <laughs> see. <laughs> but <I> also- <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's I think that's cool. So um I guess Ty then with your demo your demo permit, as you say, um, what does that entail? Like is that you telling up little children that don't do what they're told? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that we get return business sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's like they come rushing at you when you get the crock out and you're like, pat the middle. The tail's just as bad as the head. The head's going to bite. The tail's got some lump in it. Pat the middle. And they go mm-hmm. straight doors. And their mothers don't say anything. The mothers that do actually say something, you know what I mean, you're fine with. It's the ones that don't say anything where you know they're going to sue because the kid wasn't doing what they told. Well, they were told. So mm-hmm. got out of one today to do this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess it's, it's like the kids that, you know, ride dogs around like they're horses, mm-hmm. right? And then when the dog bites, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, that dog mm-hmm. needs to be put down. And it's like, well, hold on. Yes, the child is a child, but it's a parent's responsibility to teach a child how to safely interact with animals and teach Mm -hmm. that respect. It goes both Both ways. ways. Right. Absolutely. I do um, educational programs here and we have the same problems and it's, it's always like 80 kids up front and 40 parents in the back, kind of like looking at their phones. And I'm like, guys, help, help. (laughs) One person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So and then it's animals, they're unpredictable. 
Oh yeah. I I've been bit in the middle of shows. I've been pooped on everything, you know, all the things yeah. that happen and you're like, well, at least it's happening to me rather than a child. <laughs> but oh, I, I have palmed reason. a snake. I knew it was going to poo once or twice to a child that would be horrible <laughs> in the audience. I'm not going to lie. Good. They probably deserved yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's just your- small wins. It was a win, yeah. but a small one. I've been shit on <laughs> by <German> animals. <laughs> I mean, whatever you're into, Emma. <laughs> That's a fair question. You don't even send her those messages. <laughs> I want to get in on this message thread. <laughs> you don't. You really don't. <laughs> I know never to open a video from Ty at work. So I work in disability services and mm-hmm. I never open them because I've done it once and holy shit, it was the moaning and everyone kind of looked at me. I'm like, oh, um. Sorry. <laughs> it's a bird. I mean, it. <laughs> it's really bad. Sometimes my main goals for the day are Scott is like upper management in defense. And my main goal for the day is the dirtiest message I receive. I send to him and pray to God he opens in front of everyone in the office because I'm volume up. And I know that's sad and I need a life, but God, it amuses me. <laughs> we, we all have our things. There's no judgment for me, Ty. Up uh, by the way, both of them are naked while being interviewed. It's incredible. <laughs> I was actually going to, and then I was, and I was like, she'd get, Dominique could really get a laugh out of that. And I'm like, but it's recorded. So <laughs> I have, um, my mom, she, uh, my mom has this shirt that looks like a hairy man's chest. <laughs> and I almost went to her place to pick it up. Just <laughs> you should have. That would have made our morning. <laughs> I'll just know. <laughs> it's extra effort, Dominique. That's what makes the podcast memorable. <laughs> next time, next time when we do a follow-up. <laughs> um, so- I'm going to have to be naked next time. <laughs> So with your, um, with the demo permit too, is that just allowing you to do programs or is it also uh, allowing you to keep more animals than you would otherwise? In Queensland, every state is different, but in Queensland, yes, it allows us the crocodile. Um, we can, we can pretty much, sorry, it got, um, totally revamped last time. Mm -hmm. Bring old laws. Can you guys keep mammals on we their can. demo permit. Enclosures are huge. Um, well, Scott, you owe someone I, a wombat, so I know. Oh, he went and built a bloody huge parenti pit in the backyard. It has a the parenti pit has a pond. I don't have a swimming pool or a spa or anything like that. I'll just throw out there. Um, but well, the ladies I mean, do. If you need to prioritize and get a wombat, like we'll be more than happy to take the parentis <laughs> off your hands. Um, I'm so happy. <laughs> I will win Wife of the Year award if that happens. And you know, that'd be pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, don't mean. <laughs> I was going to say something bad. I won't. <laughs> right, I was thinking it, but I caught myself. <laughs> um, oh gosh I got totally off track yeah, no we can't keep a hell of a lot of things um it is the demo permit and we are allowed a very small amount of exotics I can't remember what they are mm-hmm. the only ones that interest me were the poison dart frogs but you have to um display with them and I just I love foggies 
Mm. I just love how they like play dead yeah. and they're all like dramatic. I'm like, they are my spirit animals. <laughs> like, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. I I, I'm like, yeah, she's playing hoggy. I'm playing hoggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because in I would say playing possum, but our possums are different than yours. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. <laughs> look adorable <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got the opossum um and it was actually hilarious I got like a little like bling on my phone I looked at it and my friend's like I'm gonna buy a possum and I was like mm, we'll have this conversation after I finish recording <laughs> <laughs> I love a raccoon oh, oh my, my god. god I was literally just thinking mm. that I love raccoons. Mm-hmm. Our trash pandas yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious because I see raccoons and I'm like hmm if we were allowed to keep raccoons i don't even think i'd have to fight zach honestly he loves them too he's like how cool would it be to own a raccoon i'm like right (laughs) we agree they do they have little hands their little hands are so i know yeah but so cute and the bands it's like a bandit i'd so name lovely don't ask me why just just looks like a Dudley all right yeah <laughs> looks like a Dudley because they got these little hands and like they have this little bit of sass and attitude <laughs> little bit of sass yeah Dudley just enough sass hmm. yeah so, um, are there uh are there animals that are there mammals that you can keep that are native to where you live that you don't need a permit for me just in general or do you have to no, have no. really no, no. It does, I'm not going to lie, it does get upsetting seeing people in the state. Like, no no, no no offense to you guys or anything like that, but you guys have animals that we can't keep and it's so unfair. Not unfair. Well, Let's see why the, oh, God, I'm just digging myself deeper, aren't I? No, um, I totally know what you mean because it's hilarious. I work at a wallaby farm and I, okay. I like, bottle feed baby wallabies and I'm like, well, do you have wallabies, <laughs> like, as pets or...? <laughs> No, we're not allowed to. No, not in Queensland. And I guess our argument when we wanted to be able to keep them was, you know, some of our marsupials are endangered and would mm-hmm. it not be better to have healthy captive populations than not mm-hmm. have at all? Not saying that, you know, we would breed them in captivity and release them or anything like that, but I know it would be better to have them still around in general than, yeah, the fires you know, back. well, yeah, the fires a few years back, it, it really affects, you know, marsupials, our reptile populations. I know that um, our mate Richard Biffin did a paper on um, pygmy, what was it? Oh, um, um. Ah, he's gonna kill me remember oh i didn't read it because you didn't give it to me no i don't know um (laughs) it's he was pygmy hold on i'm gonna message him yeah do it i I couldn't Um, it was after the fires in south australia um and their population was quite damaged but even cane toads have made a massive impact on quite a lot of our animals don't get me wrong we're starting to sort of bounce back from that a bit but things like that and i don't know what i'm gonna say that's not gonna be Scott's going to go, why did you say that? And I'm like, this is like. Scott, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like some of the laws in some cases you sort of look at and are extreme. And I guess you could use the cane toad argument as this is why, which is fine, but not everyone wants to get animals and just release them because they don't want them either at the same Mm -hmm. time. 
before, so I don't know. Pygmy copperheads. It was in South Australia. Hmm. Did you tell him you just proved on on our podcast that you didn't remember what he did? I'll I'll edit that part out. I'll make it sound so. (laughs) I'm not that good. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So. Do you, in the U.S., we have what's known as like U.S. ARC, which is the U.S. Association of Reptile Keepers, because across the states, laws are changing very quickly as far as what we can and cannot keep. Um, Specifically, if you look at like the South with Florida um, having Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, restrictions. Yeah. Are you noticing a trend in any of what you'll be able to keep specifically, Ty, I guess, with large monitor species or, or venomous? All the state, not all the states are different, but across the board, majority speaking, states are different. Mm. And some states, Scott tells everyone that he moved up here for love, but back then the keeping up here was so much better, I'm not an idiot, than it was in Victoria. Like in Victoria, you can't have parentes, for example. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think same in New South Wales. I don't think they're allowed parentes either. They did try to take parentes off our list, um, Mm. saying that, you know, hospitalizations and all those crappy excuses. Which is why the cheer came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, I mean, if they're going to take them off the list, then we should stop keeping dogs or, you know, even people that get cat bites have to be hospitalised because Mm. if it gets a severe infection, you know, it needs to be. So... Um, they have fur. Yeah, they're cute. they're cute and cuddly, right? So people forget that. So with um with the parentes specifically, are you allowed all species within that genus? Here, I don't know. We are allowed an extreme variance in varanids, but I'm mm. assuming everything would be on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. But before. The review last like, like last year, mm. as I fall over my words, um, here in Queensland, you could get a basic license, which is a recreational license, and the very mm. next year you could go out and get an adult scrubby or an adult parenti. There was no classifications on anything. Mm-hmm. Believe me, people did. Yeah. Um, or you could go out on a venomous permit and get a taipan the very next day, and right. people did. And don't get me wrong, some people had actually worked with them and only just gotten a licence and were fucking good at it and the animal did not suffer in any way, shape Mm. or form. Mm -hmm. But plenty that you wouldn't put in that basket. Right. Also, too, what I don't like here is you've... (laughs) On the movement advices, you have to give out your fucking address. I hate that. Yeah. So, and I personally... And the um, cost skyrocketed for, for Queenslanders. And I personally think if I'm paying that much, I should be paying for privacy as well. Yeah. I don't I like agree. giving out my address. I look, I I what I do like about the new change is that you can't breed as much as you want on every single license. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's a good thing. I have absolutely no issues paying for the higher license mm-hmm. um, when mine runs out. Um in order to be able to breed, I think that it is somewhat responsible um, and it stops our, it stops natives from potentially becoming like cats and dogs where you've got the rescue system is just absolutely overcrowded with all of these animals that right. don't have homes, you know, because people 
got them and decided to move. Sorry, that's a pet peeve of mine. You oh, know. Uh, I work in rescue. I yeah. Spent, yeah I fun. spent this. I spent this morning. Um, I got an email earlier this week, and it was like, "Hello, my 83 year old mother has a 10 foot Burmese python she can't care for." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I could tell you why. <laughs> like, like I could imagine that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I could have told you 10 years ago that she probably didn't care for it." And wow. And we were, I, you know. And then as a rescue, we're stuck with this yeah. Yeah. big yeah. mean berm that hasn't been handled in five years. Like, yeah. shit, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's a give and a take because on the one hand, obviously I love the opportunity to keep these animals and to work with these animals. Yeah. But on the other hand, I have the rescue background being like, holy shit, some people yeah. shouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there should be a license for having children too. So that's where I. Well, you both have kids. Are you sure you want to put that in place? (laughs) The the thing is, though, (laughs) only if you don't look at a mobile. Status all round. (laughs) I think you'll get grandfathered in. (laughs) How do you? How do you segregate though the good keepers from the shit ones? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so hard. So many people do want to do the right thing. The people that don't want to do the right um the right thing, they're not in as high a volume, but they're there ruining it for those that do want to do. You the can right generally thing. thin them out though by they get on and ask for advice, and then you know people try and give them advice, and they have they argue with that advice. And no, it's, it's got. Yeah, the blue. <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, uh, for that reason, I do find that I am very, very choosy about what I comment on Facebook and, and who to. Oh, you've calmed down in your you know, old age, haven't you? Down. My favourite one was like, when was it a few months ago, someone told me I didn't know what I was talking about with jungles and I was just like, yeah, right, mate, well, whatever. <laughs> where Emma Ring's doing her absolute nut and she's like, do I engage? And I'm like, yeah, no, if you're this mad now without engaging, don't. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and so with that in mind, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> okay, with that in mind, and like wanting to progress the hobby and progress to keep a higher level of keeping, right? We wanna mm. we wanna associate with people who have the same standards of keeping that we do. When it comes to actually selling your animals, how do you go about that to make sure that you're putting your animals that you've worked so hard in into good homes that can take care of them to the quality that you'd want? You heard of fuckwit tax? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm pretty particular. This is going to be right, cunty, but I care more about what happens to my animal when it's bitten someone. That's really horrible, isn't it? Um, there's so many oh, cowboys, for lack of a better term. Scott's going to be like, last podcast, you do, I need it. Um, <laughs> The amount of, oh, you'd see it so much as well, the amount of posts, look what I got. You know, something you know that is well beyond that person's capabilities. And then you hear the rumours that they're just throwing mice in because they don't want to deal with it because it's angry, which just makes the snake angrier and it's uncared for. And I care more about my animals, so I have no qualms in telling someone I don't think they're qualified to handle what they're asking for. 
I guess on my side, like pythons, if they bite, you know, you're not going to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I but, still hate that question. Like everything can bite. Yeah, I, for me, I, um, you know, it, it's got when you message our page, like one, you need a reptile license. Two, you know, I we will ask for proof of appropriate <laughs> setup. Like I don't care if you keep animals already, um, it's, it's not me being trying to insult anyone or us trying to say that we're better than anyone. It's just that we we ask for proof of appropriate setup. Um, you know, if someone comes to me and says, oh, do you have a carpet python? You know, I kind of say, well, what type? And if they mm-hmm. don't, you know, I will definitely direct them to some books like Scott and Ty's books, The Complete Carpet Python, you know, some some great places where they can start their knowledge um, and then come back to us when they have more of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely no, I, no issue with helping people, but I do take issue with people that don't want to research the animals that they keep and oh, they're just is. flat out not people that I will sell to. They will get a no from either me or Zach. We're both very staunch on that and I think in this day and age with everything that's available to us there is no excuse Mm. for not Mm -hmm. reaching animal before it comes into your care yeah none yeah and it's also I think that there's a level of you have to be a competent and confident enough keeper to recognize you've done as much research as you have and then also have the humility to be like hey I also still need help yeah a lot of times you don't get that yeah Yeah. I'm and that can be difficult. I mean, I'll, I'll call myself out. I'm dealing, I, well, I'm not dealing. I dealt with mites for the first time. Uh, oh, cooties. <laughs> oh God, I'm, it was crazy. Cause it's like, you know, I've been keeping yeah. for a few years and I was like, Oh, I'm so good. I know. Oh fuck. Like, you know, yeah. like you think, you know, you're doing, and then it takes like a, a, it's a hit to the, it's a hit to the ego to be like, Hey guys, like in the group chat, like, Hey guys, I have mites <laughs> help. It's not though. It's like, it, honestly, it's like nits. You will get them. You deal with people or rescues or you buy and sell. You will get them at some point. Mm-hmm. It's there's nothing. I don't think to be ashamed of mm-hmm. with mites, nothing in the slightest. And yeah. I think I'm a believer of um, if someone tells you that they know everything about this hobby, um, <laughs> they're probably someone that you're going to clash with because we oh, are yes. forever <laughs> learning. Something, someone you're going to belt. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all forever learning yeah. and there's 10,000 ways to do a lot of things and, you know, mm-hmm. that information sharing and chatting to people is so important um disease when people have a disease yeah and I honestly think the more we know the better not hiding it lying about it and or just pushing it under the carpet like sharing knowledge is pretty much the only way we're all going to move forward yeah absolutely um and I want to just step back for a second because Emma you said something and I wanted to ask you, you said you asked for a reptile license. Do people need a license to just own reptiles in general in Correct. Queensland? Yeah. yeah. And how, so what is, they, what's that process? Um, so <laughs> it, could be, it could be better. Um, it's a, pretty much they get online and they say they want, what is it, basic standard or? I don't know. I renewed mine before it. Um, yeah, I'm still, the on the, I'm still on the old license. Are, so. Yeah. But um, it's pretty easy. Pretty much they go on, they apply for it, and it's in their inbox. It's a government um, website a government, if that helps yeah. you out. Any. <laughs> Is it just to keep track of, like, who has them? 
I guess, I guess it helps so. money. Oh, no. yeah. oh, I didn't say that. It is, um, yeah, <laughs> I think some of it yeah. is crazy. But like, for instance, when I change, when we change over from the old license, I've got to sit there. So even though for every animal I buy and sell, I've got to do a movement advice. Mm-hmm. Um, when oh, I what, go, wait, what is that? A movement advice is like oh. paperwork. So the buyer and the seller each have to have it. Then it has to be mailed back to the department, right? So like, I would just. How do they have all I, this time for paperwork? That, well, I don't think they actually read it because yeah. when to the new license, I've literally got to sit there and key in every animal I own. I might be selling some stuff before I go to oh, the new Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, if I'm give, sending all this paperwork, they should know. But, no, I've got to sit there and key it all in. I'm not looking forward to it. No, I'm not either, actually. No. That's bizarre. I, yeah. I can kind of, I can understand the idea behind it, but I don't think the government, and I'm going to say the government, meaning any government, understands, like, the true level of, like, what it is to be a keeper at your level. They're also doing- two, uh, oh, go sorry. Ahead. No, no, go ahead. We're the only state with a movement advice. Yeah. So every other state's like, I don't want that shit. And you're like, yeah, I've got to do it legally. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's- so can you cross state lines with any of your animals? And is there additional paperwork for that? We can, um, but they have to do import and export permits. So most states, I know New South Wales and Victoria, um, Yeah, Yeah, they have to do import and export. Um, There's only Tasmania um, can only keep the three species that are native to Tasmania, all of which Mm -hmm. are vets. And then um, Western Australia. Oh, there's blue. Is there? Can they have blue tongues and stuff? They're only allowed to keep what is native to Tasmania. Yeah, what is native. But snake-wise, it's only the three bands. Any any, any reptile whatsoever. Um, And Western Australia has a complete blanket ban on pythons. So we actually cannot um, sell carpet pythons to anyone in Western Australia. And that's because of the sunshine virus. Oh, technically speaking here, Mm -hmm. if you want to get funny about it, you need a movement advice to take the animal. Like I couldn't just turn up at a member's place and go, let's take some photos. Anything other than a vet trip technically requires a movement advice because you're not, it's not at the premises where they think it is. So do you have to do that for every like educational program you go on? Not on a demonstrator's permit because that's a different um, government body to mm-hmm. what the actual license is on just to confuse the matter further. Yeah. yeah. I literally can't even imagine just trying to keep track of all that shit. It's yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, let's pour a few. Well, I pour a few drinks and do it. And Scott double checks it. <laughs> <laughs> As you most should. people don't yeah. even read it. Like the amount of people we mm-hmm. see that you have to correct that. Like they're like, oh, I go to pick my kids up and, you know, just take my python for a drive and the python loves it. It's like, no, the python does not love it. That's you that loves it. And you're just thinking, oh, my God, this is just an accident waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's just... <laughs> I always laugh when I see posts like that because I'm like, what if you got pulled over? Because I was thinking today with that berm I picked up, I was like, if I got pulled over right now <laughs> and the police <laughs> officer looked in the back of my car and they're like, ma'am, what's that suspicious box that's moving? And I'm like, <laughs> like, listen, this could go one or two ways. <laughs> I would be like, oh my God, didn't I kill them properly? <laughs> <laughs> it's my soon to be ex. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is a, I, that permit process is, is actually blowing my mind because I, I didn't even consider how in depth it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, um, I, I've heard of it spoken about, um, I have a map of Australia pulled up <laughs> on my screen here. Cause I'm like trying to get acquainted with when you're talking about, um, like state lines and stuff, which is hilarious because state lines are like human delineations. Yeah. <laughs> really don't give a shit. Um, but sunshine, sunshine virus is something you mentioned. Um, I know mm-hmm. I'm not too familiar with that, but I've heard it spoken about. Can you talk about that a little bit? So sunshine virus, as far as I know, was first discovered in Queensland, thus sunshine on the sunshine coast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can have an incubation period of what? Up to like two years. I, I It changes too. The more the research yeah. is being done and I'm a, I know, knew of someone a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really not, it's a lapid, so I don't yeah. really have that much to do with so, it. So, yeah, if sunshine virus doesn't, a lapids don't get it. So it mm-hmm. affects um, python species. Um, it's categorised by the animal it may corkscrew, stargaze. Um, yeah, they, the head sort of wobbles back. Um, That's what I think of when you say it, but I guess you yeah. really have done research into it or anything. Yeah, um, and it will kill the animal. Scott, it's not nice. Scott was able to take photos. He was plumbing for a vet and um, the vet, I think, I don't know whether he knew him or I can't remember the story. It was a long time ago. And honestly, I just, and Scott stops talking most of the time. <laughs> um, so Scott saw the paperwork and the animal clearly had sunshine virus. Mm-hmm. It was also normal. And what, what scares me here is the amount of people that go, oh, I bought this, it's breeding season, and they throw it together. Like we mm-hmm. quarantine everything in the office for a week, mm-hmm. goes into the isolation room for a good six months. It's it's like yours is like a vault. It's like. <laughs> yeah, I've been told to, uh, yeah. I've been told to ask <laughs> yeah. for photos of your setup because I, I've seen a glimpses of it, but it seems really great, tie. Um, but with this Pretty virus, awesome. <laughs> with this virus, is it something you can test for? And like, yes, the vet can. Yes. Yeah. So we've got PCR testing for it. Great. Um, it's only one place in all of Australia that can pick it up. And that's the Murdoch University mm. in WA. So mm. um, testing for it is a mouth and a cloacal swab. And then it's sent away to the Murdoch University. And it's roughly, I think it's like 14 days thereabouts till you get the test back. And is this something that is more prevalent in like within the hobby, like within private keepers, or is it something you're finding in the wild? No. So sunshine virus, I don't think to date has been found in the wild. I'm not aware of it. No, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Mm. So okay. to, to, yeah, the, to date, we think it's only captive population. Scott and I hear quite a lot of, not gossip, but gossip for lack of a better term. And the amount of people that we have heard over the years that have had it never publicly said anything. You've seen them sell off animals. I think it's really naughty to do that personally. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah, it's, but the also too, the, like Emma, what I love about Emma and Zach is they're the same as us. They are so fucking anal on their reptile room. Like, we wouldn't touch anything we own and then go to someone else's place. We wouldn't wear clothes that we'd worn the day before. And to be honest, we accept this. We, you know, sort of demand, I guess, for lack of a better term, the same back. Like 
we don't, there's very few people that actually know where we live. Would yeah. you like to give it to you publicly? <laughs> yeah, please, please. And I'll write it down just in my little book. I'll put it in the show notes if you'd like to visit. Ella. Please make sure you rub your own animals all over your clothes. <laughs> Emma's like, like you pay attention. I'm you with direction. <laughs> but yeah, like the, it's, there are um, mites. Mm. Easy as hell to transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't like it. And we know some people have lied because we're like, have you been in with your reptiles and you see them go at each other and look and then they both go, no. And I'm sort of like, yeah, well, I'm not calling you a liar, but we're not going in there today. Yeah. It's just mites each. T- we've had mites a couple of times. The amount of animals we own, it's a good $400 each time because, yeah. as you know what it's like, it's not a simple spray and done. It's an ongoing. Oh, my God. It's been a shit show. It was luckily this animal's in quarantine, so it's like away from everything else. But I also live in an apartment, so there's only so much yeah. actual quarantine you can do. But it was, if you want to talk about a great week, it was I woke up with mites on Monday or on Sunday. No, woke up with mites on Saturday, noticed a leak in my apartment on Sunday. <laughs> And then it flooded on Tuesday. And I was like, oh, oh no. my God. Yeah, it's been, this has been a real test of a week for me, ladies. Hence all the drinking. So. <laughs> That's not what I heard about your drinking, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this may be normal. Yeah, okay? we, know, we know the same people. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, first of all, rude. Second of all, <laughs> I like to have fun and it's I'm, I'm, okay. you're here for a good time not a short time yeah well when I come to Australia I'll show you what it's like you know just <laughs> with you old ladies no I'm kidding <laughs> I can still drink you under the table I guarantee it <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take a shot and then a shot of Vegemite we'll just go <laughs> oh no you're drinking by yourself Jesus <laughs> yeah tequila with a Vegemite chaser that's what you guys do oh. right <laughs> Oh, hundred percent. And you know, we drive cars, we ride kangaroos. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's what I heard. Right. <laughs> and you guys stand upside down. Is that right? And your toilets flushed the wrong way and all those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man. So we've um talked about it a, a bit, but I really want to touch on um, Ty specifically with you. And then Emma, I don't know if you said if you keep venomous or not, but that transition to keeping venomous as opposed to more standard species and what that looks like as far as um, requirements of training or anything in Australia. Oh, they came with my husband. Um, Perfect. <laughs> I'll be on a package stuff. deal. Yeah. Did you have to do any additional training because you would like had to get on a permit or anything? Um, I'm on the demo permit. Yes, I did first aid, um, which was pretty <laughs> The, the first aid dude was like, oh, you keep, I did it for work, which is a pet shop. Mm-hmm. The second time I did it. And um, he's like, oh, do you want to get up here and do the snake training? And I'm like, are you paying me? And he's like, God, no. And I'm like, well, do it yourself then. Like <laughs> your, educa- your information would be a lot more accurate. And I'm like, well, fucking brush up. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so licensing, you should have a first aid certificate and you should be, you need, re- oh, here, I'm not quite sure what it's like for every other state, but you need references where someone has seen you competently handle. Oh, well, has anyone seen you competently handle? What is- <laughs> <laughs> and so when you, um, when you got with Scott and, and he, the, the animals came with him, 
beforehand, did you have any desire for venomous or was yes. it just kind of, yes. you did? I had small boys though. And I was sort of like, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll own it. I'm a fucking good parent. Um, my children, it's, ooh. when I moved up here, we came from the Gold Coast um, and from Melbourne. Um, there's a very big gap in parenting. Like my children have always used their manners. They like even now, 23 and 21, they will still say I love you, you know, when I speak to them and vice versa. And I always tell them I'm proud of them and, you know, mm-hmm. out and the kids will be like, I'm so proud of you. Um, I don't know. I think my kids are, <laughs> it was looking at me, Cody, my youngest did a nude spread and then <laughs> was over and it was his first magazine article. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, do so- I have seen penises? And I'm like, it's so awkward to see one of my best friend's sons. <laughs> that's so, <laughs> that's- she could really get a word out. Cody's like, here, excuse the dick. And I'm just like, no. Oh my God. Is this, Um, I think I've seen you post pictures with Cody and I, I lo- he does a lot of modeling or was this his first modeling? That was his first modeling. Yeah. That's he's phenomenal. That's so exciting. He's found himself and he wants to do more drag and whatnot. <gasps> he should sure. audition for RuPaul's Sydney yeah. Australia. But yeah, I'm so proud of him. He's he's himself. He's not pretending to be something to keep other people happy. I couldn't be prouder of him. I thought that was so cool. Sorry, this is like totally off topic of reptiles and such, but um Obviously, I, I, Ty, I, I've heard a lot about you and heard a lot about Scott and listened to podcasts and things. And it was one of those things when we first got added on Facebook together, I was like nervous. I don't know why. Like one of those like things. Why? Like, I don't know. Like I felt the same way with you, Emma, where it's like you want to impress people and like get to know them better. And when you posted, um, when you posted your son in drag, I was like, that's awesome. I think that was so cool. I was like, we're going to be friends. She's cool. <laughs> She's so proud. <laughs> like, I think that's I- great. It's someone being themselves. I am absolutely horrified in this day and age that people still carry on when it's nothing. It's they're not out raping, pillaging, killing. They're just being themselves. And who is anyone to say that that's wrong or not normal or yeah? yeah don't get me. Don't get me on that one. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I just I think that's great. I was that was like I thought that was really cool. Um, and I, you know it's kind of sad that I have to say I think that was cool because it should be the norm. But I thought it yeah. was great. Um. <laughs> So then with the, with the venomous, was there any sort of like nervousness, like suddenly going from having none to living in a house of it or or really being like kind of thrown into the hobby, that part of the hobby? I was a lot younger too. So, you know, you got, when you're younger, like you don't tend to, I got diagnosed several years back with an autoimmune disease and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I, I actually think twice before handling whereas when I was younger I'd be like oh right you know it is what it is that falls into being a responsible keeper though you know you know and that's like I guess where Ty and I are really lucky that we've got supportive husbands Mm. that Mm. you know do you know when we're not feeling the best or when we've had to take you know our medication because we're having a flare you know they will be like you know, no, babe, like you were not going near that particular animal today because it's venomous yeah. or because it's, you know, and you may not be we're very on, lucky. Your, on yeah. your game, you know, they sort of pick up when we're, we're having our shitty days. Yeah. I got a hysterectomy booked 14th of next month and it sort of came out of nowhere. And I'm, I'm so excited for Scott because 
he's been pulling my weight a fair bit because being a chick fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks, or maybe a bit longer, I don't know, but I'll be back in there again. And Scott's picked up a lot of brunt. Combine that with the books and, you know, he works and whatnot. I'd feel bad for him, but he never whinges. Mm-hmm. Matt and Eileen just get in there and does it. And I know how lucky I am. A lot of women don't have a supportive husband in or a partner in a lot of ways, let alone that. Don't get me wrong. They still drive us up the fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was Emma Scott, not me. <laughs> I, think, I think that's great because it's, okay, this is like, sounds so bad, but like, it is so inspiring to see like the two of you have very supportive husbands and be able to do this with your husbands, especially as like a young single woman in the hobby. It's like a lot of times it can be um, a big deterrent for men to like be interested in dating or anything because of like, I don't know if it's fear associated with it or more of like a a fear of me being into something like this. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And it says a lot about, it also says a ton about the both of you as keepers to be able to say like, recognize your limits and, and like take a step back when needed, because I think a lot of times with this hobby, and then also with venomous keeping in general, like there is machismo, you know, like yeah. air to things and, and, and oh, one I mistake, know my limits. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. mistake can make such a big difference. Um, yeah. so then with like with COVID in general, um, and having a large venomous collection, did you have to have any conversations with Scott regarding, your keeping or any sort of like advanced protocols to ensure that nothing would like lead to any, I don't know. I guess I think like hospitals are overwhelmed. I can imagine that having any sort of snake bite or something could have been we, even more detrimental. Part of me. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there was beer in my mug. Um, <laughs> we've been so lucky. I don't know. I I'm assuming it's the population. I don't know. Mm. In Queensland, we, COVID hasn't really touched us. Touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> you look at Melbourne and New South Wales, um, we have been so lucky. So, no, that for us there was no, don't get me wrong, I am, because of this, <laughs> the hysterectomy is free, right? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, my I God. I'm been, so, can I really fast? I literally, before we talked, I was going through my medical bills and I was sitting here like, fuck, fuck. Fuck, and then you're like, hysterectomy's free. And I'm like, I got an x-ray. That's all I got. Like, <laughs> How much was the x-ray? Um, I had an x-ray of my ankle a couple weeks ago because I was a dumbass and I fell. And out-of-pocket cost is 350 and that's after insurance <gasps> covered a lot of it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm being anally like, oh, I'm not going there. I'm not putting myself in that risk because I don't want to. I noticed during COVID, um, and when, uh, I don't actually know, be right when COVID first hit, the hospitals went from being, sounds like I'm a bloody full-blown VIP in there, I'm not. Um, they went from being, you know, if you can't make your appointment, rah, 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 to if you don't make your appointment, it will be lost and it will be given to someone else. Mm-hmm. So paranoid about this being put off. So mm-hmm. I am being a lot more cautious about where I go in case. Yeah. Do you, sorry, I know people don't want to listen to like COVID talk, but I just, I'm just curious. Do you have um, like a strong vaccine rollout where you are at all? There's a lot <laughs> of pressure at the moment um, to you to get it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not 
here from what I can mandatory at the moment. Yeah, it's not mandatory, but we've gone from we're all in this together to you don't have a vaccine, you tin foil hat wearing anti-vaxxer, you yeah. know, um, there's a lot of I guess, heated debate around it at and the moment and segregation. Um, segregation when really, you know, um, I'm very pro-choice. I'm very much like people should be a choice than what people put in their body and, you mm. know, um, I'm immunocompromised myself and I wouldn't expect anyone to do anything that they don't want to do. Um, mm. But pretty scary yeah. the way that some people are turning on each other at the moment over here. Um, yeah, I think you see that across across the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, back on better topics. Um, I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've talked a lot about um a, a lot of things. Geez, honestly. Um, but I'm curious on ask you guys like where you guys are seeing trends moving in the reptile keeping um in Australia, and if you're thinking of that, there's certain species that are like coming up as as more popular lately or, or things that people are really trying to work with. And then as far as your personal keeping, what are you guys looking to work with in the future or work with more than you already are? I've been keeping. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's Dakota. <laughs> I suddenly say a very long time and I'm like, oh, my gray hairs. Um, They're pink. It's fine. You can't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the having kept for very long time um you see things which were a dime a dozen and you know a 200 dollars animal back then now go for six seven eight hundred dollars that no one's got um i think jags made a huge oh i guess difference on the market mm. everyone wanted to design an animal not everyone that was a bit harsh people wanted to i guess keep animals that were a bit forbidden previously maybe mm-hmm. and up with some really visually attractive animals so things like monitors and a lapids sort of and skinks maybe even to some degree mm. became less popular than they once were mm-hmm. uh, I don't know too it could be the circles or I travel in it as well to some I think everything kind of goes in cycles yeah. like something that's common now may not be you know in 10 15 years um like I know when we started working with striped jungles, there was only a couple of people mm-hmm. that really still had them. Sean Carroll is probably the biggest one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, uh, people are working with stripes, they're working with, you know, granite morphs, there's silver pepper, you know, Dar- Daz is doing a heat with silver peppers yeah. and Brent Smith is doing a heat with granites. Um so there's lots and lots of variety um, yeah. with, you know, what you can potentially produce. Mm-hmm. But I guess my advice to people would be find what you love and and stick to that. You know, yeah. quite often you see um, a lot of newer keepers come in and, you know, they're buying up big with all these massive genetics thinking that they're going to be millionaires Um or they don't know what they're buying yeah. and they, they're telling everyone that they've got this and it's this and you're sort of like, I don't want to be a cunt, but no, you don't. Like, yeah. not even remotely close. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, oh, mm. I said it more than you did, I, I think. Know. <laughs> I think that was the first cunt, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> You've disappointed him. <laughs> um, I think Pures are starting to make a comeback too and that's 
kind I think of, that's kind of cool to they see. They always were, though, but it mm. was just a very small minority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then one thing I forgot to ask you, Ty, and then Emma, I guess this is a question for you as well, but Ty and I specifically had a post about it lately, was that you've moved some animals to bioactive. Is that mm. a trend that you're seeing occur throughout Australia or just throughout your personal keeping, like going more the naturalistic bioactive route, or is that just a choice? They're becoming more common. They are becoming more common, yes. And I think it it's also like some of the, I guess, the larger voices in the hobby too are actually mm. turning that way, which makes others go, wow, that looks really cool. And because they're doing it and doing it so well, like, a mate of ours, James, James Frost, has the most insane setup. It is, oh, it's stunning. Um, he happens to have two very green thumbs as well, which also really helps. Definitely helps. It's alive yeah. in my yard. I kill men, so there's no hope. <laughs> Emma's going to have to come That's back a and talent. Say, oh, I've seen it done. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I think, too, like, Scott and I have always said, look at fish keepers, like they will spend 50 bucks on a fish and then a couple of grand on the enclosures, Mm -hmm. whereas reptile keepers, and I'm not dishing um, tubs because we have tubs, Mm -hmm. but some reptile keepers think that, you know, the bigger, the the more, the better sort of thing. And Scott doesn't know it yet, and this is how Scott's finding out. (laughs) Emma got me hooked on a GTP, right? So... (laughs) 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 that's what i got me into the hobby (laughs) hell fucking yeah Yeah. they're stunning um so when we move the tanks with the turtle downstairs i'm doing a massive bioactive enclosure for gtps upstairs that's awesome happy wife happy life um but yeah no i think two people are realizing that Enrichment, okay, snakes might not, okay, they don't say anything when they don't tend to do that much, but enrichment is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, it's cool to see that that's a, a, a trend that's, you know, across the world, not just in the US or not just in Australia. And yeah. Um, so but you guys we, do, oh, sorry, you guys are more pro-bioactive than yeah. we are, definitely. I think we have a... I think, I think one of the things that's cool with bioactive specifically is that, I mean, I haven't been in the hobby too long. Like I always openly admit that I've only been keeping for about three years now. Um, I just kind of got in fast, you know? (laughs) Um, but one of the things I've seen even over the last few years is that bioactive was always a discussion, but now people are talking about like keeping isopods and like, what can you do with isopods and like treating that almost as its own pet, and I think mm-hmm. that drives the desire for more bioactive and the interest in it more because it's, you know, there's suddenly morphs and there's different species and all those things. And I think that's what kind of triggers the reptile keeper's brain is like learning more and learning to care for an animal. And when you put that focus on isopods and springtails, it helps move that mindset. Mm. I think you know, a lot of reptile keepers are also more open into, say, keeping tarantulas or, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> I felt so bad for my kids. They were terrified of spiders and I had so many tarantulas and all they wanted was giant burrowing cockroaches and I'm like, no, nah, ever my dead body. Nope. <laughs> like, and I respect, but not as a pet. But yeah, Emma's over there like, I'm going to need another husband. <laughs> but yeah, I think reptile keepers are more open into keeping other animals as opposed to say someone that just owns a dog or a cat they may get a bird they may have a small fish tank or something but reptile keepers I think are more interested in the animal and what Mm. they can learn from their animal and other animals as opposed to just a bird keeper not just a bird keeper but just a dog owner or a cat owner and I don't know if it's in the states but over here like non-reptile people are extremely fucking ignorant you know the amount of stuff you see like oh it's a snake it chased me i'm gonna kill it (laughs) you know i've got i've got the right it attacked me well no the animal didn't attack you it was Mm -hmm. indecisive you know um and a lot over here a lot of bites sort of happen when people try and pick up up or move the animal and they've got no idea what they're doing um but yeah yeah, the ignorance is really really strong yeah I can. You've got I can. a lot of reptiles. I don't understand. No, but with the misidentification thing, I can only imagine how strong that is in Australia, where you have such a variety of species. Where in I live in Kentucky, and I'm in like Kentucky snake identification groups. Everything's a copperhead. Every every single snake people see is a copperhead. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, and it's it's hard because I work for the rescue. I also do snake relocation and such, and. I hate getting the text of being like, hi, I saw your number. What is this? And this is a decapitated snake. And you're like, oh, oh, I don't hold back any longer. I'm just like, fuck it. It had a right to live just as you do. Fuck it. Oh, it hurts my heart. Um, but as we, as we wrap up here, I would love to, um, for both of you two, I always end with asking people um, if they were to be talking to a young woman who wants to get into the hobby, what advice do you have for them? So I'd love to hear what advice you have for younger women looking to get involved with reptiles. Could have warned us of this earlier. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> follow your gut. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, in the hobby that are fake and unfortunately, I don't know why, but some there's a lot of women out there that like putting other women down. Find yourself good people and surround yourself with good people and f- trust your gut. I guess for me it would be do your research. <laughs> um, you know, find a species that you love and stick with it. Over here, you know, we get a lot of what's a great first snake. Oh, you know. A spotted python because it's small. Well, my son spotted the assholes, you yeah. know, but I've got jungles that are tame. Um, the first snake should be the snake you want to keep. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to put the effort in. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just don't let people put you down. Yeah. yeah. Be yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, um, I appreciate it. I am so grateful for your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, hope you have. What advice would you give? Sorry to cut you off. No one's asking. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, obviously rude. She's gone red. (laughs) That's that's the beer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. That's funny. No one's asked me, I guess when I think about it and when I think of, I am still a younger person in the hobby. You know, I'm oh, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think like 
I think one of the biggest things for me getting in the hobby was, was surrounding myself with a positive community that didn't have the judgment. And that was finding Facebook groups, um, like the Herpers group, which once again, I'll link below and, um, (laughs) and finding my friends, like the guys over at THP and such, um, who genuinely like welcomed me with open arms, recognized my ignorance and didn't judge me for it. And I think finding that community and recognizing when people aren't going to give you that support, that it's okay to walk away from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. you hold on to I, negativity for too long. You start to fester that in yourself. And it's not ignorance. Everyone needs to learn. We're all still learning. Don't ever let anyone tell you you're ignorant. If, if someone to me, ignorance is someone that doesn't want to learn, yeah, refusal to learn. And refusal to learn and, you know, and grow as a keeper. That to me is, is ignorance, not knowing something just because it's new is an ignorance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you guys are so nice. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. This is, this has truly been like an incredible opportunity to talk with you both. Um, I oh, we're adorable. Yes, it would have been. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate it so much. Um, and Emma, you can start and then Ty go, uh, where can we find you? How can we get in touch with you? If people want to learn more about what you do? Um, so we have our Facebook page, ZMAC Reptiles, um, and we've got our Instagram, which is also ZMAC Reptiles, and we've just started a website. So it's www.zmacreptiles.com. Awesome. So Nature For You um, on Facebook, um, www.wildlifedemonstrations.com. I only typed that a million times a day. I almost faked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have Insta, but I never remember to use it. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'll make sure to tag all of that in the show notes. Um, and then make sure you guys check out the uh, Herpers group. And if you don't qualify for the Herpers group, like you're not a lady, um, please just support <laughs> these two incredible women. And as always, please feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram, uh, the Modern Medusa podcast. And we also made a Facebook page because why not give me another thing to manage? Uh, <laughs> and then uh, you can just follow my page at Defalco Reptiles on Facebook and Instagram. So, ladies, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you. We did. Thank you for having us. It's been awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. And we'll talk at you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. 